Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> That was the voice of Michael Rothstein in the open. Oh my reading God. earlier this week on Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM Channel 80. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Michael Rothstein in for the guys. What book was that from again? Uh, it was How to Set a Fire and Why. I'll grab it off of my bookshelf here for the people on the simulcast. It's by Jesse Ball. Uh, I had not read this book in many years, but we needed a sound check and, a, and an elongated one. So I grabbed a book. It was this one, and I had forgotten what the open was, and oh boy, was it was it a shocker, and I am now crying tears of joy and sadness two minutes into this show today, Gabe. This is a great start. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of teams that are crying tears of joy and sadness all simultaneously across the NFL as well, because yes, they were eliminated from the postseason, but now more teams are eliminating... Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinators, everybody being let go or resigning in the case of Greg Roman. He decided to step down as the Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. Uh, he decided to do that today. Uh, the Ravens having uh, a number of press conferences, meetings throughout the course of today as they wrap up their season after falling in the Super Wild Card weekend just a few days prior. And Greg Roman, Michael, it started off great. 2019, 33 points per game, and it's just kind of diminished every year since I, I don't know how much of this to me from the outside looking in that this is Greg Roman's fault because you haven't injured Lamar Jackson the last two seasons that's why they missed last season uh, the postseason last year and this year it's why they don't win their playoff game against Cincinnati but it's going to be Greg Roman who ultimately takes the fall in 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 Baltimore even though he was not let go he resigned on his own accord yeah well I I would love to hear from Greg Roman. I know that there was a statement, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't know if this was a resignation or if this was a resignation with air quotes for people that, that can't see me on the simulcast because it was, hey, we need to make a move. Because, listen, this entire offseason for the Ravens is about one thing and one thing only, Gabe Neitzel, and that is Lamar Jackson and keeping Lamar Jackson happy. And I think the one thing that we can – no, is that I don't think that Lamar Jackson was entirely happy with what this offense was because he didn't have receivers, and I don't think it was using him to his fullest strengths. They need Lamar Jackson. They have to have him happy, Gabe. And if Greg Roman, they think, was part of the issue there, then sorry, Greg Roman, you're going to be the one that has to take the fall for this, whether you had an injury Lamar Jackson or not. They had some injuries at that position, but really, I mean, they, they trade away Hollywood Brown before the season. I mean, Mark Andrews is building the only pass-catching consistent weapon that they've had inside that offense over the course of the last few years. And it's just funny because they clearly, I think, want him to be maybe a little bit more of a pocket passer, use that athleticism, use that speed only when necessary. And they still had a lot of the design runs that they had back when he won the MVP when they were scoring 30-plus points per game. And Lamar Jackson is 
is the big priority. It's the big question mark in Baltimore. He is set to be a free agent. Everybody and their brother is assuming that they are going to place the franchise tag on Lamar because they're not going to let him walk away for nothing. If he's not with the Ravens next year, it's because they decided to franchise tag him and then trade him away. Here is Ravens general manager Eric DaCosta talking about trying to re-sign Lamar Jackson. Well, it certainly takes two to tango, but uh, I think Lamar and I have a great relationship. I think we communicate uh, quite often. Uh, We spent some time together today, as a matter of fact. We've spoken throughout the season multiple times, and, you know, these negotiations, they all happen differently. Ronnie Stanley's contract took about a year and a half. Mark Andrews' contract took probably three or four days. You know, we did Roquan's contract over the span of six days, over the course of one month, basically, is what we did. So they happen in different ways. I wouldn't characterize the percentages of getting any deal done or how long it's going to take, except to say that we'll communicate effectively, we'll be as fair as we can be, and we'll try to hammer out a deal, and hopefully we can get to that point. It takes two to tango sounds nice, Michael, but it's not the reality of what the NFL is with the franchise tag. It is, but here's my thing, Gabe. Why do they always use tango? Why? Why can't? Why don't they use Waltz? Why don't Salsa? they use Fo- Foxtrot? A little bachata going on. Like there are more dances than just the tango. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna guess. And Eric DaCosta, if I'm wrong, please call in. I don't know if Eric Eric DaCosta knows actually how to tango. Like ballroom dance is a skill, man. Uh, but I agree with you that <laughs> you, you don't that, think there's any chance that he learned how to tango. Like he 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 was one of those guys oh. that took lessons before he got married. He, he might have. I, I mean, I took bachata lessons back when I lived in Ann Arbor, Michigan, in salsa dancing lessons, because why not? It's a fun activity. I, they need to have fun activities for Lamar Jackson, and, and maybe 230 or so million of them guaranteed. Like, they need to get a deal done here. And, and I do believe that they will after what I've heard today, because generally when both sides want something done, Gabe, it gets done. Now, they're saying Lamar wants to be here. We have not heard necessarily from Lamar Jackson on that yet, but if Lamar Jackson indicates he wants to remain with the Ravens, then there's no reason for them not to find a way to get it done. And here's the other thing, and they said it earlier. The fact that Lamar Jackson is going to have input and say into who the next OC is, to me, says that they believe that something will get done because if they're looking to move him, they're not going to do that. Yeah, because there are a couple of things to this, to me. And the first one is, if Greg Roman, if Lamar Jackson was a huge fan of Greg Roman, and Greg Roman's like, "Ah, I think I'm going to step down, I'm going to resign. If you're John Harbaugh, you're going, please don't do that. You know, Lamar really, like, you're going to try to figure out a way to try to convince him to stay. I did not get that feeling today that Greg Roman was really, you know, trying to convince him to stay as the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. The other one is what you had just mentioned, and here's what Ravens head coach John Harbaugh had to say during his press conference. Conference today, he addressed Greg Roman departing the team, plus Lamar Jackson maybe having a say in who the replacement will be. Greg's a great coach, and he did the best he could every single week, every single day. Great family, uh, uh, you know, another great competitor. So, you know, I, I you know, I leave, I leave, we leave that era kind of, you know, we move into the next era now in terms of our offense, and uh, and I did, I did ask Lamar about it, you know, and, and he will be involved in it, you know, I'll keep him abreast of what's going on, and I'm sure he'll have some input along the way. Uh, but I know his focus, like he told me, is going to be on getting himself ready and getting his guys ready, you know, for next season. 
to me, that sounds like a head coach who is anticipating and expecting Lamar Jackson to be a part of yes. his team going forward, even though he's a free agent, even though if they slap the franchise tag on him, he's not going to be happy. If you are John Harbaugh and you're involving Lamar Jackson in those conversations about who the future offensive coordinator of your team will be, that to me points to Lamar's actually going to be back in Baltimore. I would agree with you, and I'll even say this. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm starting to look at NFL offenses right now and saying, okay, which type of offense do you think fits you the best? And I'm going to throw out a name out there. Obviously, this is all speculation, all speculative, but I cover the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. I'm of the belief that Arthur Smith's offense might be the perfect offense for a guy like Lamar Jackson. So while Dave Vergoe is their offensive coordinator, he's not the play caller. A guy like Charles London, who's their quarterback's coach, is actually going to be the offensive coordinator at the Senior Bowl. If you if Charles London indicates, and he's getting some other interviews, he's interviewed in, he's interviewing in Washington. If he says, hey, I'm going to run an offense similar to what Arthur Smith runs, that would be very intriguing to me if I am Lamar Jackson because that's a type of offense, whether it's that offense, Tennessee's offense, that I th- Arizona's offense maybe, that would make a lot of sense for me as a dual-threat quarterback who wants to throw the ball and get some deep shots in. KT Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or call one 800 Progressive. Continuing to talk about the NFL here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. I'm Gabe Neitzel along with Michael Rosti in for the guys today as we bring into the show ESPN NFL analyst Rob Ninkovich. And Rob, let's go ahead and start with the Ravens. We were just having that conversation. And if John Harbaugh is out there saying that Lamar will have input on who the next offensive coordinator will be. Are you anticipating that Lamar not only is going to be in Baltimore next year, but also the long term and they get some sort of contract done? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think that they'll definitely franchise tag him and then have that time to try and figure out the best contract that that Lamar feels comfortable with. So I, I really do believe he's their quarterback for a long time to come. So now it just comes down to getting that contract figured out. And I, I do believe that they'll do that. Rob, kind of following on that with Lamar, he's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. I know John Harbaugh said that he believes he's a durable player, that these were freaky injuries. But for a quarterback who is maybe the most dynamic dual-threat quarterback in the league, the fact that he's had injuries the last couple of years, how much would that concern you both maybe as a teammate and somebody who's making this decision? Well, I'd be concerned with the PCL with the knee injury. I think the other stuff, you know, the ankle is fine. He'll be okay. But the... You would just want to make sure that that PCL or whatever really has affected him and kept him out of this playoff game is 100% back to to Lamar, you know, moving and cutting and running like he did previous to the injury. So, you know, that would probably be my only concern. But you also want to make sure that you give him some weapons. And they've been lacking in that department for, you know, basically since – he had his MVP run, his MVP run, you know, they had a better backfield. And I, I do believe that being able to acquire maybe a number one receiver or somebody that he could use dynamically would help him um, even further his quarterback play. This is Canty Garland, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Series 6M Channel 80. Also, you can say uh, 
Play ESPN Radio on your smart speaker. I'm Gabe Neitzel. He's Michael Rothstein talking with Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst. And Lamar Jackson, not the only name at the quarterback position who's certainly going to be garnering interest should they actually be available this offseason. Tom Brady, uh, the way he handled his press conference, almost seemed like he was saying goodbye to Tampa Bay. But today, Tampa Bay said goodbye to their offensive coordinator and Byron Leftwich. And a former offensive coordinator for Tom Brady and Bill O'Brien interviewed in New England. Do you think that wherever Brady ends up, if he plays in 2023, it's going to be with maybe a familiar face in Bill O'Brien, where he lands up? We should maybe keep an eye on that in terms of Brady's future? No, I don't think he'll go back to New England, but I do believe that maybe a familiar face in head coach Josh McDaniels could be a good spot for him. Um, You know, again, the familiar familiar, uh, relationship there that they do have the trust that McDaniels has in Tom, just the infection, the infectious ability for Tom to get other players to want to be with him, I do believe will kind of help teams want to bring Tom in and, and that number one team being the Raiders. They need a quarterback. Tom would be the answer. And then they could figure out their future after Tom decides to, to move on whenever that time may be. Now, Rob, listen, you played with Tom, I think, for the entirety of your career. You retired. You're, th- you're only 36. Like, he's 45. Is it possible that maybe we're talking about this just because we think Tom Brady will never retire and it's actually possible that he will say, you know what, I'm done? No, I, well, I think the league is softened enough to where quarterbacks can play a long time without taking the damage. You know, Tom would not be playing at 46 years old if this was 2006 football. Um, the way that quarterbacks were, you know, being hit, and now the rules in place, you can't basically even land on them. So, you know, I think that Tom playing through the whole changing of the the, the game has helped him play up to this age. You know, if he was playing inside linebacker, I don't think he'd still be playing. I, well, actually, I know he wouldn't be playing. Uh, so the the rules in place have helped Tom play to this point, and then also the way he, he goes about his business and the way he prepares and. and gets his body ready to go, um, that's, that's another thing that, that has really set him apart. So, you know, Tom playing another year, he can still throw the football. He probably want to make sure that the, the situation that he's walking into is, is a good situation. I don't see him going to the Texans, for example. <laughs> talking with Rob, talking with Rob Nikovich, ESPN NFL analyst here on Canty Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series XM, Channel 80. So that's a lot of off-the-field stuff happening across the NFL. Oh, by the way, we have one of my favorite weekends of the NFL year, the divisional round. Should have four fantastic games coming up this weekend. The one I'm interested in the most is, like many others, Cowboys 49ers, just because of the rich history that these two franchises have in the postseason. But I look at a guy like Mike McCarthy, who's now in that divisional round with a different team, took the Packers there many times, of course, won a Super Bowl with Green Bay. But it still seems like there are a lot of people in the general public that don't want to give Mike McCarthy credit where I think credit is due. Like Kellen Moore was getting all the credit for everything offensively that Dallas did against Tampa Bay. Why do you think it is that Mike McCarthy doesn't get the credit that maybe he deserves that other head coaches get? Well, I think it's the the cowboy logo. It's Jerry Jones. It's, we all know that ownership has a lot of influence on decisions and you know contracts and everything that goes into the cowboy way. Um, you know, I think that we also look at that. And Mike McCarthy has done a good job this year. 
definitely, I've said a couple times that his job was on the line, which I do believe it was. And he's been able to get his team motivated to play at a high level. And you got to give him credit. He's, he's done a good job. Now they're going to really have a tough task in playing a good San Francisco team with a great defense. It's going to be a lot different than that Tampa Bay defense that we saw, which underperformed all season, not the same defense that we were accustomed to seeing. So, um, again, I think it's going to be a completely different challenge. And Mike McCarthy now, I'm not saying his job's in jeopardy at all. Last week, going to Tampa, if they would have lost that game, yeah, I think that that was a huge game. They had to win that game. They they did. They won it in convincing fashion. So now he's going to have to play really great. You know, everyone, all three phases is going to have to play really great. Coaches are going to have to do a great job to expect to go win um, against the 49ers. Rob, kind of following on that, which of the four home teams in these games, so Kansas City, Buffalo, Philly, and the aforementioned Niners, do you think might be in the most trouble that maybe should be on the highest? I, I don't want to call it upset alert because it's the playoffs, but like the highest level of concern going into this weekend. Oh, 100% Buffalo. So, you know, you look at the Buffalo Bills against Cincinnati. Cincinnati's playing really, really good. You, you, you know, even the game that unfortunately we saw was canceled from the the Mar Hamlin injury, you know, they potentially could have, they were driving. Cincinnati was moving the football. It could have been 14-3 at that point. Um, So this is a very big game, big matchup. You know, Buffalo surprisingly really wasn't able to beat Miami convincingly at home. Uh, Some bad turnovers there by Josh Allen, bad turnovers, um, just, that can cost you games when you're playing a team like Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and his confidence. That team, you know, they're not afraid to go to Buffalo and and play this game. Rob, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate you jumping in and sharing your insights on everything happening in the NFL. All right, guys. Take care. Rob Ninkovich, ESPN NFL analyst, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Coming up next on the show, there was another OC on the move today, one that might seal the fate of his team's starting quarterback. We dive into that coming up next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Especially those last comments you just heard from Tom Brady made a lot of people believe, including myself, that he's probably done in Tampa Bay if he's going to continue his NFL career. This is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, I'm Gabe Neitzel. He is Michael Rothstein. We're in for the guys. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers made a number of different moves today, and it started with firing their offensive coordinator in Byron Leftwich, who has been there, and you heard the scathing review in the clips we just played from Dan Orlovsky of ESPN about the lack of creativity within the offense for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and a number of different assistants also between leaving the organization, deciding to retire, I believe it's nine assistants in all for the Buccaneers walking away. To me, does this open to you, Michael? I guess I'll ask this: Does it open the door for a potential Tom Brady return if they hire the right offensive coordinator, or do you think Tom is done in Tampa no matter what? I would tend to believe that Tom is done in Tampa no matter what, but I don't take these staff changes as having to do with Tom Brady. These staff changes, to me, have to do with one thing and one thing only. Remember that Todd Bowles actually got this job in March. He did not have the benefit of being able to go out and hire a staff. He basically had to take the staff that he had been working with under Bruce Arians, who was the prior head coach, and work with those people. So to me, this is Todd Bowles saying, okay, hey, you're, you're keeping me in this job, which we can debate, by the way, Gabe, the merits of whether or not he should have kept this job. But they're keeping him in the job. So I want to have my own staff in here, especially on offense, because the majority of the moves were offensive moves. Also, defensive line coach Lori Locust got let go. Like, to me, I look at it and I say, yeah, this is Todd Bowles just saying, I want to bring in my own staff. I don't know if that has to necessarily do with Tom Brady, but if it did in any way, Gabe, this would be why. The Bucks did not run the ball. They didn't believe in it. They were last in every particular running ca- rushing category. And at this point, you need that from Tom Brady. You need to give him a running game. Yeah, you need to give him that assistance. It doesn't have to be a great running game, just some sort of running game. So he's not leading the league in passing attempts constantly as he did this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A former teammate of Brady's, Julian Edelman, three-time Super Bowl champ, said this on the and inside the NFL about the future of Tom Brady. If he has another season, it's not going to be in Tampa Bay. Right. Mm. And, and it's just because Tom's a, a businessman. Tom's a smart guy. He's going to do exactly what he did when he left New England. He's going to go to the best situation that helps him win if he wants to continue his playing career. I don't know. I have a tendency to agree with that, but there was one thing that caught my eye today, Michael, that just has me wondering. And it's not about it. I, I asked the question wrong when we had Rob Ninkovich on earlier. But when I see that Bill O'Brien is interviewing for offensive coordinator positions in the NFL, currently Alabama's offensive coordinator, had lots of success with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and probably was a better head coach than most people realize uh, before he took over. You know, Him being the general manager kind of hurt him when he was in Houston with the Texans. But if Bill O'Brien's interviewing for offensive coordinator positions, what if Tampa Bay convinces Bill O'Brien to take that job? Does... Tampa Bay suddenly seem a little more attractive to stick around for Tom Brady? I I just don't... I, I look at that defense, and I know they underperformed all season long, and they have a defensive head coach, and clearly he's not going anywhere. But I look at their offensive weapons, and I still feel like they should find a way 
with what they have in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to be more productive than they were. So if they get a better offensive mind in there, the defense doesn't correct all the way back to what they were in 2021 and 2020. But it doesn't seem like maybe Tampa Bay is that far off if they make the right hires and convince Tom Brady to come back. Oh, without a doubt, because don't forget that defense had a lot of injuries to it. Like Shaquille Barrett was ha- was hurt, and that's a major pass rusher for you. You had Vita Vea; he was not healthy for at points this season. Like your best play, their secondary was banged up all year. I, I cover the NFC South. Like every team in this division was bad. But Tampa Bay had a lot of injuries defensively, and that really crushed what is otherwise a pretty good unit. That said, yeah, I think Bill O'Brien would maybe make it a little bit more palatable for him to come back to Tampa Bay. But I I don't know if that's going to happen, because there's also this, Gabe, which a lot of people aren't necessarily thinking about or talking about. This was probably, I'm guessing, and I don't know, this is me just speculating, I'm guessing this is probably one of the more difficult years of Tom Brady's life, because of everything that was also going on off of the field. If I'm Tom Brady, I might just want to say, you know what, listen, this I want a Super Bowl here. I like some of the the offensive players. I like some of the relationships, but I want a fresh start again because of everything else as well. Like I don't discount that if he decides to play. Personally, if I was Tom Brady, I would be like, I don't like the way it ended, but I I was thinking about retiring last year. Once you're thinking about retiring, you should probably go do it. I, I would, if I were Tom Brady, Gabe, I would ride off into the sunset and uh, go ride right into a massive contract with Fox, where he'll join us. <laughs> yeah, you see that that massive contract still waiting for him. I still tend to think he's got one year left. He, he didn't. He didn't sound like a guy who was done. Definitely sounded like a guy who was done in Tampa. The way he thanked the media and said, "This is a great place, great org- love the organization, great place to play. Thank you for you know welcoming me into this community, into this family." The way he said during his press conference after the game on Monday night. So I, I have a tendency to think that Tom Brady is going to end up playing and. When you're 45, 46 years old, he knows that he doesn't have much time left and he wants to win one more Super Bowl. That's what drives this guy. So trying to figure out what the best situation is, unless the San Francisco 49ers decide that, you know, Brock Purdy or Trey Lance and they don't want to go in the direction of one of the young quarterbacks that they have on their roster and they go, yeah, we'll take Tom Brady for a year to try to win a Super Bowl if they fall short this year. I just don't see many situations being as good as what Tampa Bay could potentially be. Because if, it, you know, let's say he goes to the Jets. You know, the Jets are a team that are, are presumably in, in the market for a veteran quarterback. Well, he's still going to have to get used to new receivers and a new offense and all these different things. Whereas, again, if Tampa Bay makes the right hire at OC, there can be some familiarity within the offense for Tom Brady. He's used to the weapons that he has. I understand what you're saying about, hey, maybe he just wants a clean break, and I think that's good. That makes sense. But in terms of trying to win a Super Bowl next year, outside of, again, some team like San Francisco saying, hey, we desperately want that because we want to be all in in 2023, I think you're going to be hard-pressed to find a situation as good as Tampa to win you a Super Bowl. Maybe, because I would say more because of the division, right? New Orleans, quarterback questions. Carolina, questions everywhere. The team I cover, the Atlanta Falcons, they have quarter. We don't know what they're going to do at quarterback, and their defense is in need of a massive overhaul. I like him potentially with the Jets because I think that while that division is difficult, they have the defense in place. You have the running game in place with Brees Hall, provided he's able to come back, and your receivers are young and talented. So I would actually think the Jets are maybe one of the most 
well-tailored situations. Plus, Tom Brady, more than any other quarterback in the NFL, can handle the New York media market, which is part of the deal when you're playing in New York, and you don't have to worry about that when it comes to Tom Brady. So I'm just saying, that to me, I could see that making sense. I could see San Francisco making sense as well in terms of ready-made. The one that's intriguing to me, and you heard Rob Ninkovich talk about it if you listened to the last segment, is the Las Vegas Raiders. Because of the familiarity with Josh McDaniels, you have a number one receiver in Devontae Adams, Gabe, and you have a number one running back in Josh Jacobs. You just got to figure out that defense. And the other thing with Tom Brady with this, we know he has a history of saying, I will take a little bit less money if it means that you can help build around me, which a lot of other players won't do. So I think if the Super Bowl is really what he's aiming for here, Gabe, that might be a consideration as well of just trying to figure out that best fit and you'll figure it all out from there. We are only at the beginning of this drama for Tom Brady and other quarterbacks across the NFLs. I'm sure we're going to continue to dive into it all across ESPN Radio. But coming up next, we're going to switch it up and get to a team that is red hot. Plus, there's already a game going on right now in Paris. Apparently, it's got Michael's attention. We dive into it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80, and on your smart speaker, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Gabe Nigel, along with Michael Rothstein. And for the guys this afternoon, you can tune into NBA Action tonight. Celtics host the Warriors. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. There is a game going on right now in the NBA. It's happening over in Paris, the Paris game here in 2023. And the Bulls lead the Pistons 37-31, 9-27 go in the second quarter in that game. But getting back to the Western Conference, Michael, and the Grizzlies. They've won 11 in a row, yet they're still in second place in the West because uh, you have a team that's won eight in a row in front of them in the Denver Nuggets. But at at about the halfway point here of the NBA season, do you anticipate seeing the top four teams in the West be Denver, Memphis, Sacramento, and the New Orleans Pelicans? I I definitely did not. And the one that probably is the most surprising are the Sacramento Kings. No offense to our ESPN radio colleague and my ESPN NFL Nation colleague, Marcel Louis-Jacques, who is a Sacramento native. Like, I, I did not expect the Kings to be where they are. I, of all of the teams, they I, the Nuggets, yeah, they have Jokic, who's the MV, reigning MVP. The Grizzlies have John Morant. They have one of the best young rosters in the NBA. And expected they were second last to, year. Yeah, they expected were- them to be in this spot. 
The Pelicans, as long as Zion's healthy, they, they have a really good roster. But no, not the Kings. Would not have expected the Kings. Of course, I also went to expected the Warriors to be 17-5 and five at home and 5-17 and 17 on the road. That's my favorite NBA standing stat at the moment, Gabe. Yeah, it's the, the way the Kings are playing, they're, they're playing like a young, fun basketball team, certainly worth paying attention to. But yeah, the teams that we thought were going to be on top of those standings, they're, they're struggling. And I don't think we're even talking about the Lakers, who once again struggled last season and now are sitting there at 20 and 25. And they looked like maybe for a, a minute there in early December, like they might get it together. And then Anthony Davis got hurt, which has kind of derailed a number of, you know, of the seasons that LeBron and, and AD have had together out in Los Angeles. But the Phoenix Suns, a team that was in the finals just a couple of seasons ago, the Suns are 21 and 24. They're way outside even the play-in tournament for the final four spots. The, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who I don't think anybody was expecting anything out of, find themselves in that play-in tournament in the Western Conference. It's, it's just hard to make sense of what exactly is going on out in the West. When it comes to Golden State, yes, when you listed out, they're 17-5, and 5-17. Five, five and 17, I think, and I fall into this category, they're going to figure it out. Yeah. I think most people think they're going to figure it out because you're 17-5 and five at home. You got Steph Curry. You got Klay Thompson. You know, you, you, your roster's pretty darn good. You won the finals a year ago. My guess is you figure that thing out coming down the stretch. Now, are you going to be the one seed? No, but you're going to be the five, six seed in the Western Conference. You won't have to play in the, the, the play-in tournament, and you're going to be a tough out. I, I, I fully expect that out of the Golden State Warriors in the second half of the season. Uh, and I feel like that, by the way, with the Phoenix Suns as well, because the Suns are 14 and seven at home to use the same metrics you were, but also they have enough talent. They've been there before. And in reality, they're one game in the loss column out of the, or in the win column out of the seventh seed. So I think that that, that bottom half or that bottom from like five to what, 12 or 13, including the Lakers, that's that's not going to get sorted out for another two months. Like, I think the top four teams that you're looking at right now, especially the top two in Denver and Memphis in the West, they're pretty well set. They're going to be there at the end of the day, barring catastrophic injuries. The Spurs, the Rockets, they're, they're playing for next season and for lottery, it feels like at this point, unless they get super hot, and I don't see that happening. But everybody else, I think it's I think it's a free for all in the West, and that's going to make for really good basketball come February and March. Oh yeah, it's going to make for a great tournament on that side of the bracket in the Western Conference. To further illustrate that point you were just making, Michael, so the Mavericks, as you mentioned, the fifth seed at twenty four and twenty two. Uh, what separates them and the Lakers is just three and a half games, yeah. and the Lakers are sitting there in the thirteen spot. So five through thirteen separated by only three and a half games, and it's not like we're two weeks into this thing. We're about a halfway through the season in the NBA, so we're pretty deep into this, and it's still anybody's game for those final five spots. No, it, it is, and it's it's somewhat similar in the East. However, I think there's much more of a demarcation line in the East, where it's like. You know that the Celtics are probably the best team in the East right now. The Bucks a very close second. You can probably have a much more – you'll probably have a little bit of an argument with me there. But after that, it feels a little bit dicey because KD's hurt again with the Nets. And they were a great story in December when they won 11 in a row like the Grizz are now. 
and they're falling off a little bit. The Sixers, I don't think we ever know what's going to really come out of them. And the Cavs, I think, are young and haven't been there before. But I like that Cavs roster a lot. Oh. The Cavs are young and fun. Like the Cavs, to me, are a team that maybe pulls off an upset. Like, if if the Cavs somehow find their way into the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think I would be that shocked. Just because they're a young, fun team, maybe yeah. they they're to me they're not ready to win a championship yet, but they are one of those teams that are ascending on their way to potentially be there in another season or two. Uh, yeah, I'm with you in that I think Boston and Milwaukee are the class. You might be uh, of the Eastern Conference. You might be able to talk me into the Nets. The problem that I have with the Nets, though, is at some point they're going to mess it up, right? Like yeah. At some point, things are, are going to stop being so hunky-dory for the Nets. And I know they've lost now three in a row and they've cooled down since they had their hot streak to get them into the thick of things for some of those higher seeds in the Eastern Conference. But it's been awfully quiet from KD and, I, and Kyrie Irving over the last two-plus months. And I just can't – I feel like it can't stay that way throughout the course of the rest of the regular season. No, plus they're starting to get banged up, right? Like there were question marks mm-hmm. about, ben, about Ben Simmons with his back earlier this week. There were question marks about Kyrie Irving and his calf, although he did he says that he is playing tonight. Like, to me, that is where I think we're starting to look at it. Is This is a team that if they are healthy, they – cause a lot of problems. But right now, health is a big factor, and that's something that is happening at midseason. You have to worry about it happening at the end of the season, too. Yeah, because they've mortgaged so much to get the superstars that they've had on their team, including James Harden, who's no longer there. They just don't have the depth to be able to deal with some of those injuries that maybe some of the other franchises in the NBA do. Coming up next, we turn our attention back to the NFL and why Rob Gronkowski should be the last person to be talking about Aaron Rodgers. We'll explain next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can watch and listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.